Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. We're interested in what it takes to keep everything going. This podcast is about working, family, research, and policy. We consider the research, talk to experts, and share our takes on what we're all learning about breadwinning. Each week, I'm joined by Jennifer Owens. She writes about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And I'm joined by Raquel Ellison. She is an executive coach and management consultant who works with companies big and small to design workplace policies that work for all employees. Well, today we are returning. I realized that we talked about this topic back in episode 39. So that that's my way back machine noise. It's also the turkey noise that used to make when laugh out loud when she was a toddler. She did it once and then we had to do it 400 times to try to get her to laugh like that again. You remember those days when they were tiny. (laughs) Well, so the topic is resilience and we were very resilient with that gobble gobble noise. Let me tell you. But so back in episode 39, we were talking about, it was way early in the pandemic and it was, the question was, can you learn resiliency? And so I think we've all kind of figured out if we've made it this far, some way, I, you know, some way to jerry-rig some resiliency, even if it's just waking up every freaking day and doing it again. And so it's like, where are we now with resiliency and where are we going? And please help me. I think I need resiliency. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a question that we're all asking and it's it's such a strange time right because we're we're living in you know there's so much momentum now there's so much momentum so many things are changing so quickly and it's what resiliency do you need to kind of see things to when you go and see the light at the end of the tunnel i don't think we associate that with needing to be more resilient right right and yet don't we? Because it's like, ooh, I held myself together for so long. Now I can't, now it's going to get better. And it's like, no, I still have to get up and do it again. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's almost worse, I find, because it's it, now the equation of every day changes a bit. Like in our house, we have now we're two vaccinated. By the time this goes live, the third of four will be vaccinated. Okay, so even so, with the three, what does that mean? Where do we go? What about her school? Now we're looking at end of the year. Is There's going to be a dance now, and they're doing all this wonderful work to it, but is it safe to go to the dance? I don't know. What do I do at right. work? I, I just, ah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. there's a lot of different question marks. There's a lot to try to think through, and I feel like, there's also this cross current that's happening, which I kind of been thinking of it as resilience porn to kind of borrow from Mora's Aaron Melle's entrepreneur porn phrase. This right. resilience porn that like out of this crisis will come, you know, the new ideas and the new, you know, your new business and your new and like. Maybe, uh, you know, or maybe we just, you know, maybe it's every day I kind of like dig down and try to be resilient. So I'm wondering, I hand all this to you and I say, fix it. (laughs) (laughs) Where to begin, right? I think... I love that. Hand it all to me and say fix it. Yeah. Well, is are the manager like what? I can't be the only person feeling this way. I, like, are you seeing this with your clients and and this kind of? I don't know. Is this a singular feeling or a, a broader feeling of oh, like? No, it's an epidemic. 
Okay. It, All right. It's an epidemic. I, I, I see this everywhere all the time right now. I've actually never seen anything like it. A colleague of mine who's been in her organization for almost 30 years. So she's never seen, never seen it like that. Never wow. seen this level of, of panic. And particularly as it relates to my work, right? So I work with executives and with organizations to improve the way work gets done, right? And yeah. so now everyone's like, what do I do? How do I come back to work? What does this mean? How will I be the kind of organization that I want to be in this kind of hybrid reality? And how can I keep oh, my... And meanwhile, all these you'll see all these essays saying that this is a time to have reevaluated yourself. And it's like, no, I'm barely getting by here, people. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. No. I mean, I think that's the piece that is really important, I think, to be able to think about how do we model this? There's an article that we will link to from Harvard Business Review. It's really, really old. And I may have actually mentioned this in our, in our last conversation about resilience, but it bears repeating, I think, right? So yeah. this article, How Resilience Works by Diane Kutu, that was in HBR, I think in maybe 2014, we'll get the correct citation. And she talks about three different ways to build resilience, the three different kind of signs of resilience, I would say. Yeah. One is, one is accepting, like truly accepting the reality of a situation, right? So accepting reality, like really understanding, like, this is what's happening right now. We are coming out of the pandemic. We are going into a new era of work. Like this is what is actually happening as opposed to kind of trying to, to gloss it over, making meaning. So trying to think about the propensity to make meaning of terrible times to figure out, well, what, what is this for? How does this impact us? And then ritualized ingenuity, which is the ability to make do with whatever's at hand. So basically what she's saying is, how do you like MacGyver in these times, right? Like mm. how do you pull things together and make it work at a time when it's really so overwhelming and so like we don't have all the resources we would normally have on hand. And it's interesting. I mean, I think when we look at that model, in some ways it's really abstract, right? To think about accepting reality, to make meaning and to improvise all of those yeah. things. You know, when we think about resilience, like it'd be easier to look at resilience porn, I think, right? Yeah. And to look at something that's like, all you need to do is, is kind oh. of take a different approach. But Well, take two minutes and just, you know, take a walk outside and, and imagine that, you know, you didn't have any money problems. And imagine if you didn't have to homeschool your kid. What does life look like? You know, like, yeah. okay, you know, or I figure out what we're feeding the boy for breakfast this morning. I, I don't know. I, I think my, right. my, you know, I have said this before, but the idea that one of the most exhausting parts of the fall, last fall, with the schools was that it was ever changing, that like there was nothing we could depend on. So the change was always happening to us. Mm. And it's still, and that's still, I, I felt it very acutely then, but it's still happening, you know, like, and the change can be good. It's not, it's that like the vaccines and then we're waiting who gets, who's eligible and you get your things and then, oh, our office is opening or they're not opening. And it's just, I don't know, it's, it's hard to have, I think the ever changing and trying to kind of hold on to the bucking Bronco is what 
taps into my sense of resiliency lately. Yeah. Does it tap Drains into it. it or does it work against it? Oh, it yeah. It, it's, I was thinking of it as tapping in and letting it all flow out. <laughs> <laughs> like a keg. Okay. Yeah. No, like a keg. Ooh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think we have this fatigue that's set in after all of this time of kind of, of constant change. And I, I do wonder whether it's going to mean for people you know, what I think about, because my head is firmly, I don't know where it's firmly planted, but let's say it's <laughs> firmly focused on on the workplace and, and how we approach that. And I do think there's a risk there of organizations and leaders saying, like, the best way for us to build resilience is to just go back to what we know. Yeah. And to just work the way we've we worked before. And so let's just assume that in 2022, we're going to be able to get back to the same nine to five office culture, you know, or eight to seven office culture, whatever it might be. Right. That we had before, because at least we all know how to do that. It yeah. may not have been working for everyone. There's a ton of problems, but we're so tired of trying to come up with solutions that this is, this is our best. Totally. I can completely see it as an individual of like, that's very appealing, even though I would like it to be an opportunity for change, but oh, it'd be really nice to not have to have some change we have to deal with every day. So yes, if it's happening on an individual level, I can see it happening on a, on a larger organizational field. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yikes. No, I think that it's hard to know what to wish for now. I was thinking about that too. Like, have you been looking at, oh, I find myself like looking at, I've been watching movies over the pandemic that like we're supposed to have been in theaters but yeah. aren't in theaters, right? And now I'm seeing that there are movies that are going to come out only in theaters. <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> resiliency for you. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's getting me upset. Like the resilience of like, oh, right. I have, like you're forcing me back. Not that I go to see so many movies, but like, but reality is going to kind of push us there. You know, we're going to have to go yeah. back to the norm in certain respects in ways that we may not feel comfortable with. And how do we do that? And is it just grin and bear it? Right. Are we individuals once again, standing up to say, no, we're not going back into that movie theater, you know, and that being a metaphor for work, like, are we back again? And I'm going to be really crabby, but are we back again doing whatever committee it is to come up with a policy that is then not held to, you know, accountability across the entire organization. But, you know, like, are we really, we're back there. It, it, so I, I would like to think that we, we are taking this opportunity for new. And now the prospect of just going back to the way things were, now you just fired me up. And, my, and now you've tapped into my sense of resiliency in a good way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, now I'm fired up. Ooh, that ember, you blew on the ember. The ember's starting to heat up again. Oh, there, there you go. Yeah. Well, so what's happening in the world of change management? I, I love this whole concept because, I mean, my goodness, if there's ever been change you have to manage through, now would be the, <laughs> now would be the moment. Yeah, I've been having, leading a couple of conversations around change management, change leadership these days. And what is really interesting is in a recent conversation that I was leading, you know, the, we were talking about what the, what the difference is between change management and change leadership, which we can go into um, oh. if we want. But one's essentially about like a process 
of moving change forward and the others about leading change and creating a vision and bringing everybody along with you kind of thing. Yeah. But when talking to people about like, so what's that, what's top of mind for you as you move through this change and lead this change forward, what I got in the chat was a whole, you know, a lot of questions about how do we navigate this? How do we navigate this time when there's no clear, you know, there's no, we have no control over what right. the world is bringing to us. We don't have control over the policies that are set above us. We don't have control over what the folks below us want to, for lack of a better term, want to be doing in terms of flexibility and, and return to work. You know, what do we do without that sense of control? So when it comes to what change management and change leadership is focused on right now, I think personally, and I'm seeing across the board, this sense of kind of panic and, and uncertainty around, you know, how do I lead a change when I don't even know, you know, which end yeah. right now? Yeah, that every sense I had of stability, vulnerability, you know, like how vulnerable am I? Oh, I didn't think I was vulnerable at all. It turns out I'm super vulnerable. You know, all those things are in play. I can see how that would impact your view of the organization, of the world, of yourself. Yeah. So I think, you know. So I you figured it all out and there's an answer. I'm going to lean back right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think it's really about authenticity, right? It's well, what's not the grin and bear it, let's fake it till we make it is not going to work. Some people, it's going to be some people's go to. But I think particularly as I'm talking to people who are leading change, you know, mm. one of the things that that's really important is that you're transparent about the fact that like there is a lot. This is challenging, right? You know, the, it's challenging to make these decisions for yourself. It's challenging for the people who work for you to make these decisions around how they're going to come back to work and how they're going to approach it. And it's not without fear. And you need to talk about how you're feeling and make it clear to the folks around you. You know, we did that episode about bringing your whole self to work, right? Yeah. I think it's more important now than it's ever been, because I think we're in this, we're in this reality where people are just going to feel like there's a way that they're expected to act, like they're supposed to take all of their anxieties and their work-life integration challenges, and they're supposed to sort of just put them behind behind them and get on a train and go to work, right? right. Because I think we need to be talking, leaders need to be demonstrating how to, how to have those conversations, how to have very transparent conversations about, about the challenges of doing that in order to create an environment that people can feel comfortable with as we go through this really uncertain time. Now, I completely support it and I completely live semi-authentically, but geez, I don't know. You know, like I, like in, in true practice, it's really hard. It's really hard. I've always, always had, you know, like a certain, like the earth layers that our kids have to learn in science class, you know, it's mm -hmm. very, no one gets down to the magma. That's our, that's our true, true core. But you know, whatever those next layers are, Oh, I don't drill that deep. <laughs> I think that there was a different conception of or concept of what that would mean before the pandemic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And since then, we've had, you know, cats in our video screens, children coming in, <laughs> screaming and crying <laughs> for different reasons or yeah. just slamming doors and 
And then why are you still on the phone, even though it was only three o'clock? Not or the I'm on camera. That's what I always say when some child is walking past in like their PJs or whatever. I'm like, I'm on camera. You do with that information what you will, sweetheart, but I'm on camera. (laughs) Exactly, but just know that it's true. Yeah, I feel like that's something that we... That was hard, you know, to start. And now that's, that. now I've accepted that. That happens. But uh, the emotional transparency is a little... Well... That's a new cross, new uh, bridge to cross, I guess. (laughs) No, I think for some people that's really hard. I think, but I think there's a piece where... You know, I think we're better equipped to do it now in the sense that we're better equipped to talk about emotions. I mean, how we've been traumatized and how we've been, you know, the challenges that we face during this pandemic, we're talking about them more, Yep, I think, than we ever, you know, than we ever would have. I think there's a lot of dialogue that's going on within organizations. And I think, you know, I think there's kind of a, there's a scale or there's a range of how emotional and how transparent someone can be. And I think, I think for organizations where there has been a high degree of opacity, right. In terms mm-hmm. of how yeah. people feel, I think this opens up a channel for folks to be able to, to talk about their feelings in a slightly yeah. different way. Again, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that everyone is going to, you know, we're going to have circle time at the beginning of every workday or anything like that. <laughs> but I do think, we have learned in this pandemic more about how to, you know, work and life bleed together. We have yep. learned about the need for transparency. I think that's one of the pieces that has become really difficult for managers as they learn to lead during this hybrid remote time is how do you, you know, without, and we've talked about this a lot on the show, without the, you know, the casual conversations, there's a lot that without casual conversations, like in the, you know, by the water yeah. floor or what have you, there's a lot of room for interpretation, you know, in IM chats and, you know, Slack chats and emails with lots of periods and capital letters, right? Like we, we yeah. to, like managers need to be more proactive about how they, how they communicate at a time where communication channels are limited. So I think that's going to continue. I don't think we're going to go back into the workforce and be like, nope, I no longer have kids and I no longer have a cat and I everything is exactly as it was. And we're just going to communicate um, very casually the way that we did before. I, I do think that that has to shift to some extent. Right. And I think role modeling, this is where it's so important. When you see a manager, a leader, executive sharing I mean, it's always been important. It's so more, you know, when they say, yeah, I'm feeling stressed or yeah, we're having this challenge in our life right now or this kind of stuff, it just, it resonates. It's so important because that's where the culture starts is how you, you know, if your boss is stoic and never says anything, you don't feel comfortable to do that. Yeah. 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 Uh, is this going to end this pandemic? Handing it to you. Thanks. Got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Yeah, I, think I don't know. Either. I think we will get to the other side of something. I think we are going to be in a period of reverberations from this crisis for a long time. And I think we're going to have to learn to keep moving. Yep. Just keep moving. There's a book that, uh, as I've got the personal 
changes in my life. A friend sent me a book called Keep Moving by Maggie Smith, Notes on Loss, Creativity, and Change. It's a great book. We'll link to it. And there's just a lot of, you know, I don't think it's resilience porn. Yeah. I think there are these books where you're reading, you know, you look at these small kind of mantras or something to kind of help right. you help you look forward, right? Yeah. So I think we just need to keep peppering those in, you know, just like just like we need to take the small steps of like making our son dinner as opposed to like going out and taking a walk and refreshing. I think we need to read these these little snippets and try to try to get ourselves looking forward in the midst yeah. of and I saying don't. it out loud. I mean, I, yeah. I already feel better. I, you really did make me feel better. because I, Oh, I was... good. Oh, my God. <laughs> so thank you. And thank you. For, I hope we made you guys feel a little bit better, too. I You know, this resilient stuff is, it's a matter of getting back up and enduring. You know, every day that we do get up and we do make breakfast for the boy and get him up for school and get the girl up and all that sort of stuff, that's resilience and we're doing it. And so... Thank you for being resilient on The Breadwinners. You will find links to what we discussed in the episode description. Email us anytime at thebreadwinnerspod at gmail or visit us at thebreadwinnerspodcast.com. Thank you for being here. I want to second that. And thank you for listening and, and being here with us. I want to read a quick quote from that book that we recommend, Keep Moving. And it said, consider all you've outlived, including the life you thought you would have. You are durable, adaptable, resilient. Just being here is a triumph. Hour by hour, prove the voice inside wrong. The one that says you can't do it, do it. So do it. Please subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it. It really helps us grow. And until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.